Hello, sexies. You are listening to Sisters of Sexuality, Five Sage of Play, and I am Taylor Sparks, your host and sex goddess for the evening. We are here for the purposes of educating, entertaining, and informing you in all areas of sexuality, sexual health, kink, relationships, and the business of sex. I am so excited as I am all the time with a new guest. But before I bring her on, let me tell you a little bit about her. Tracy Q. Gilbert, PhD, is an educator, writer, researcher, and consultant who uses conversation to help achieve sexual wellness and healing for Black people in racial justice and sex ed spaces. Using lectures, interactive workshops, and conversation series, Dr. Gilbert works to help Black communities unpack the mental, historical, and cultural barriers that keep them from having honest, productive conversations about sex and sexuality. Dr. Gilbert has nearly 25 years experience teaching urban youth, young adults, and their advocates. She received her Master's of Science in Education at the University of Pennsylvania and her doctorate from the Center of, for Human Sexuality Studies at Widener University. She has taught for several different organizations, including Widener, Christiana Healthcare Systems, Evolve, Evolve, Evolur House, the Innovative Learning Institute, and the Center for Sex Education. At present, she conducts direct services through her independent, independent agency, Timbi Anaya, LLC. Ah, Dr. Gilbert, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? Who's <laughs> my messed up on some of the words? I'm like, I thought I had this all together. And then my mom was like, nope, no, you don't. <laughs> the hiccups happen, but it's all good. It's all good. You did what would take you? I was like, no, no, you don't. I got one thing right, and then I messed up everything else, the, the easy things. I'm like, oh my gosh. I am so honored to have you here and to talk with you about all that you do. But of course, the first thing I want to know about is Timby and Naya. Yes. Why the name? Where does the name come from? Tell, tell us all of that. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, Tembi Anaya is actually a name that I received as part of a rite of passage process about eight years ago. Um, I went through a rite, like I said, I went through a rite of passage process and this was a medicine name that was given to me based on just some intuition that um, my preceptor received during my process in terms of mm -hmm. what would be a useful name for me in this next stage of my life. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was inspired by my spirit guides as well as my sisters and the name means hope God has answered and so for me it was very apropos not only to my own life but also just to my work um, because I'm very particularly interested in um, exploring unpacking and healing from the history of racialization and race-based sexual trauma that mm -hmm. has occurred in black communities. So for me, it just really goes hand in hand. And it was just the perfect way to kind of speak to um, not just business, but just what I feel like my, my vocation is in sex, mm -hmm. in sex ed. So mm -hmm. that's a rough so, way of describing it. <laughs> well, that is a wonderful. And it's so nice that you went through this rites of passage and that, you know, because I think some people think that we have to be 
you know, 15 going on 16 or 12 going on 13 mm-hmm. to do a rites of passage and that to know that a grown woman mm-hmm. can also have her own rites of passage Absolutely. is is a wonderful thing to know because I don't think people think about it, especially in the Black community. Um, I think the first time some of us, and I'm probably old, way older than you, um, so <laughs> some of us even saw anything about a rites of passage was on roots. We're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what? They, they do that there? We, we haven't done anything here. We, have, we, don't need, we barely have sweet 16 birthday parties. Exactly. And then, you know, of course, every other culture because all of our culture was stolen from us, um, right. you know, has a rites of passage from, you know, boys to manhood, some girls to womanhood, you know, the mm-hmm. Latinos had the quinceaneras and, and so many cultures. And we were just stuck here with, you know, with being stripped bare. And I think that's just amazing that, that it's available yeah. at, at any, that at any age. Yeah. So one of the things um, I want to know is why sex? <laughs> That's a great question. Great question. Cause I don't think if you'd have asked me even 15 years ago, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think I would have said sex was my answer was my path. Um, okay. But I actually came to sex through uh, human development studies. As you mentioned, I got my master's at the university of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And at mm-hmm. the time I was really interested in education more broadly thinking about out of school time programs. All my work has been in youth development. And so Wonderful. Um, I went back to school because I recognized that I had a gap in terms of just basic knowledge about mm-hmm. how young people think and how to, how to best serve them. And so, um, and, and I also was very interested in thinking about African-American teens, thinking about race and thinking about identity in particular and how identity development was an important part of their overall development as, as, as humans. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm doing all of this research about race and about black teens, um, all of this stuff about sex comes up. And so, mm. you know, anyone who's done any type of research looking at sex and in, in adolescence and in, in race, what you'll see is that, well, a, a lot of the older research, we are starting to see some changes finally as we get more people doing the research. But for a right. long time, what you would see is that there'd be all of these comparative racial studies and the studies would be like anything that you think is considered negative or bad, you know, black people are at the top of the list. So, oh my gosh, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So being um, earlier to have sex, having more sexual partners, and we can debate whether or not we think these are good or bad things, but just the things that are typically mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. academy coded as dun dun dun, these are bad, poor things. Right. Right. <laughs> um, black, black teens were touted as being at the top of the list. And for me, that was one red flag, just because that wasn't consistent with a lot of the experiences I had or just other Black teens that I knew. But then on top of that, when you looked at the explanation section of all of these studies, it would just say there wouldn't be any discussion of race. It would just kind of be like, well, you know, this just lines every other thing we've ever studied about this population, which for me is the second red flag because it's like okay we know that race is a social construct so if we're not going to implicate race what are we saying then to just say oh well this just matches up that you know black kids are more like we're just animals we have we just we're just we're just animals you know out in the woods 
Right, right. You know, and 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 so that was really uh, to quote one of my professors at the time. That was really the bee in my bonnet that made me say, mm-hmm. "Okay, this is what I need to be focused on. This is what I want to be focusing on." And mm-hmm. then it just so happens that I wanted to get my PhD, and there was a PhD program literally down the street uh, in human nice. studies. And so it was like, okay, well then that's what I'm doing. And sure enough, I applied, got in, and 10 years later, yes. this is what I'm doing. And um, I Amazing. love it. I love it. Oh, this is this is so wonderful to hear. I was speaking with Dr. Um, oh God, I've got everybody's first name, Dr. Tracy, Dr. Valerie, and I can't remember <laughs> Valerie's last name at the moment. She was on our show last year or a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about racial culture and our conversation led to the different stereotypes put on black women regarding our sexuality. Yes. And we talked about the Jezebel, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Mm hypersexualized. We talked about the mammy, right? Mm -hmm. The the Mm -hmm. non-sexual, you know, the the non-sexual person whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Sapphire, you know, who was always smart in mouth and always had something else to say. there's another one. Yes. <laughs> Do you know it? Yes. The, Tell me. Um, the, um, oh, goodness. Uh, oh, I'm a brilliant. I know, right? <laughs> how am I forgetting this? Oh, my goodness. There's uh, the Jezebel, the Sapphire, the Mammy. And, the, uh, uh, and I know the Tragic Mulatto. So she's the. We got the Tragic Mulatto. Yes. Who's always. I mean, at this point, there's, I think, um, Stevens and Phillips has like seven different ones. There's like the mm-hmm. Earth Mother Goddess. And the idea of like all of her sex is spiritual and virtuous and, you know, it, it can never, it's all missionary and like, all, you know, there's. Oh, all God, these- no, not all missionary. No. <laughs> there's all these tropes. Um, and so, yeah, those are the, the, and the tragic mulatto, the one that I'm aware of is that all of her sexuality is, um, you know, it's just rooted in pain and strife and just completely being dogged and all of these different things. And so um, as 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 in every man who's ever dated her has cheated on her mm-hmm. because she's she's straight haired and green eyed. Yes. Or, abu- or wow. Time she's upheld as like the bastion of beauty and the closest to <clears throat> whiteness. You know all of that, and um, I think, and just I don't yeah. I think I missed that one, the tragic mulatto. But we might have talked about that yeah. one. But well, I think I, I know think I know a few. Which discipline you're in? Because I think um, sure media studies that a lot of their um, understanding of these tropes comes from looking at how they're portrayed in like movies and different things like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at literature, there's also you know a canon that that really kind of talks through that lens. I think for me as a as a social scientist and a sexuality <laughs> educator, I was really interested in how these tropes and ideas actually show up in people's lived experience. Because I do... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Well, well, I was going to say, because I think um, while we know that they do absolutely affect a good number of us, a lot of our historical theories around this have been more speculative than they have been like literal, just because people often don't ask, well, how, what does this look like in your regular life? It's just kind of assumed that, oh, well, you know, if you've been inundated with all 
things, then it obviously affects you in this way. And one of the things that I also know to be true, you talk about being a little um, older than me, but I'm not sure you may not be that older than me because I also think too, there is um, an experience, a cultural experience of black sexuality Mm -hmm. that is far outside of all these tropes. And it's actually pretty affirming and positive and Mm -hmm, celebratory. And I think that often gets lost um, because, you know, almost kind of becomes this dichotomy of like either we're focusing on the tragic negative thing you know or we're we're just kind of partying and and bull and not focusing on the the complexities and so i i to me i feel like it's the both and of the the, yes the tropes and yes the challenges but also Mm -hmm. the richness and the sexiness um and the beauty like that's the thing that i study black sexiness (laughs) <laughs> yes for sure of it, for real it, for sure and I think sometimes <sighs> out of my travels and women I've met black and white and Latina and I, I I've done a lot of traveling in lots of places and and talked with lots of other you know sisters who are educators or um sex educators I should say and it it's you know, when you talk about the the mother goddess mm-hmm. <laughs> who only mm-hmm. who only does missionary, there was another sex educator on the on the on the show um, who made the point on one of her lives that this thought process of I'm a goddess and energy work and you have to be careful who you have sex with because if their energy enters you, then it could affect you. And her point was, well, if you're the goddess, you have control of what energy stays and what energy absolutely, goes. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? So you can't be the goddess and the victim of someone else's <laughs> shit, let's say. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm right. like, that was so true because if we're all powerful and pussy is power, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because pussy is very powerful. And if we're all powerful, then you'd be like, um, you take that with you when you leave. Thanks. Absolutely. That was fun. But you know what's interesting to me? I think, well, not interesting. I think it is, I think the 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 both and of that is acknowledging what this process of racialization has done in in affecting some of our ability to remember our power. Right? Mm. Like I think a, mm. a lot of us, I, absolutely we have power. I think as Black this amazing power that is just part of our legacy and part of our history but mm-hmm. you know you spend enough time inundated in these systems to where you can forget right and so sometimes you do end up getting i believe i believe you get exposed to certain experiences and certain energies as a means to help re- return you back to your power right mm. and i think that is that that becomes the case where it may seem like, oh, I'm a quote unquote victim when in many cases your spirit literally can be inviting uh, something that is uncomfortable that mm-hmm. is, that is an opportunity for you to return back to your power and remind you of who you really are if we're willing to accept it and see it as that. Exactly. If we're willing to accept it and see it as that, I have found in my travels and conversations that and this is the conversation I have with both women and, and men. Um, I find that there are some women, and, and you tell me if you have found this to be true, whether they're grown women or even women who are just coming into the sexuality, mm-hmm. that they're not fully connected 
between their mind, their heart, and their vagina. Oh, without question. And, and they are totally separate where they think their vagina is a separate entity <laughs> somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they don't, and when I say take care of it, I don't mean just like, you know, clean it, but I mean, they don't take care of, of the power that it has, but it, it's, it, it seems to me they're just not connected. Like you, you are, that well, yeah. your mind is all of this has to got to be working together to make it powerful. If you treat it as this thing, you can just sit over there because it's not like a dick. It's right. not like a penis. <laughs> which is not really connected, right? You know right. what I mean? This is this is a womb. This is our space that life. And I have ha- actually had men say to me, I met the most beautiful woman. She was so stunning. She was so sexy. I couldn't wait. We finally got to have sex. And when I entered her, there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Am I, excuse me? He was like, there was nothing there. Yeah. It. it he said, it was like, there was no energy. There was no, there was nothing. Well, and I just was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the thing about that, right? Like, I, so again, you know, one of the main things I kind of really am interested in and I try to help facilitate conversations around and have us think about is what has this racialization process done to us? And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that we have to acknowledge is that inherent to colonization, inherent to, um, the 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 ways in which we've had to survive in this country black folks have gone through the process where a lot of us if not all of us have had to separate that mind from our body in order to survive right because Mm-hmm. We, we live in a society that does not value sexual freedom it does not va- it and and it fears erotic power and in order to, you know, and, and, and when you look at who was deemed to be the most powerful, essentially, they call it hypersex, but really what they mean, sure. who's the most powerful in their erotic, it boiled down to black bodies, particularly ones right. who were dark skinned, who maybe had more vol- voluptuous body structures and things like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And so in order to survive, the our, our culture has evolved in a way where sex has gotten so um, at, at, at best, it's gotten uh, just kind of siloed into, okay, this is what you do in your marriage with one person in the bedroom at, uh, at night when the kids are put away, right? It's gotten there. But to the mm-hmm. opposite extreme, it's gotten completely suppressed to where, oh, we don't need that. That's not bad. for it, it, It'll kill you. It'll take you to hell. Uh, so don't do it. And I think you have generations. And I, I even speak for myself. It's, it's a process where mm-hmm. you've, you've gotten access to success, i.e. whiteness, by completely denying that part of yourself to where it becomes habit to not mm-hmm think about things sexually, to not be in touch with your body, to not feel, to use your head versus your intuition versus your, what's your spidey sense and your your body's tingling and telling you. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's that disconnect. That's what we're seeing. So yeah, especially if you're, you know, I would say uh, black femme, at least in the Gen X generation, I mean, I'm right at the tail end, but I, I especially think that generation, we're, we're the prime examples of like, 
the quote-unquote success at the cost of our pleasure, at the cost of our power, because we were the ones that had to, you know, come off the baby boomer generation and, like, prove that, yes, if you give Black people access, we'll be good. We'll be the, you know, we'll be the pseudo yeah. Oreos that you want us to be, which means we'll, exactly. we'll keep our legs closed. We won't yeah. give it up. We won't enjoy it. We'll, we'll, we'll make our whole sex evolve around men. Um, and then, and that's before we even get into the ways that men themselves were like patriarchy separated men from the power of their penises it was just like your Mm -hmm. job is to spread seeds you don't care about where that seed's going you spread and now we have so folks just using the genitals any old kind of way (laughs) girl so wait are you familiar with the guy kevin samuels i've heard of him i've heard of him he's got some it's his thing and he's got some interesting concepts. So yes, now that I know you're Gen X, yes, I'm the generation before you. <laughs> okay, gotcha. All right. <laughs> and, 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 and he, he's, you know, he, he's got a point here and there. Let's say that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's got his thing, which is nothing to do with my thing or, or your thing, uh-huh, uh-huh. but but he's got a lot of controversy around his things. Cause he's telling younger sisters women about how to be how to you know you want to marry this high value man Mm -hmm. right a man making six figures but yet you work at walmart and what do you bring to the table Uh and i have said myself to people and, and and even men i've dated about women they're dating i'm like about the men what do you bring to the table besides dick and the women what do you bring to the table besides pussy yeah yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So and and if you're not and if you're bringing pussy, <laughs> are, do you are you bringing this whole thing? If you're going to lead with your pussy, I should say, right. which I don't think anybody should. But if you're going to lead with your pussy, what else are you going to offer as a woman and, and as a man? Let's go both ways. But he's talking to right. women about men. Right. Right. And he does talk. He does groom men about how to be high value men like. Don't be running out here making a whole bunch of kids. You need to be working. If you, you know, 18, you need to be on your own. You should have two jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, right. stop running around here behind pussy. Get you some jobs. If you want to have a high-value woman, you need right. to become a high-value man. But he has said these, these things about women and, and, like, not submitting and how high-value men want women to submit and and I think he throws the word out kind of just dangerously because yeah. women are like, I, I, I'm not submitting. I'm like, well, well and that's not to me like kowtowing. And I think some of the younger generation, maybe Gen X, in moving around to this, I'm going to keep my legs closed and I'm going to be all powerful. Uh-huh. I'm not going to submit. And then our aunties are like, you don't need no man. Right. Well, well it's interesting, right? Because... I, so and I'm paraphrasing of, his. I'm paraphrasing his stuff, so I'm not giving you word for word. But I, it's <laughs> funny because he's actually reminiscent of just. I, I, part of the reason I think I don't follow him is just because. Look, I pay attention to the things that are clearly meant for me, and that message ain't mine. Right? Ain't mine, girl. Ain't mine, ain't mine at all. However, I will say, based on the folks that I've talked to, mostly men who are fans of of his and potentially even students, I think there there is an interesting discussion that we need to have about what qualifies as a, as a man being high value. Usually, yep. my understanding of that is that it boils down to 
um, if he has some type of economic stability yes. and a penis, right? Not, yes. not necessarily an awareness of how that penis can provide anything deeper than physical pleasure, which uh-huh. to me is significant because one could argue if you are leading with your pussy, if you are leading with your penis, um, mm-hmm. but you are aware of the deeper value of what can be offered through that experience that in many ways, the rest of that stuff don't matter, right? Like, yeah. or it is a gateway to the rest of those things, right? So not, you know, talking about sex as magic and sex as for manifestation and the ability to uh, put people in a space to manifest all those other things. We don't talk about mm-hmm. the fact that there are many men who have the six figures, they may even have seven figures, they have businesses, they have all of the trappings of Western mm-hmm. prosperity, but what are you offering besides your penis? Like, what are you Thank offering girl. spiritually? Can you can you heal? Can you help heal the 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 bitterness that is in, in the woman that you're sleeping with? Can you yes. help her oh. release yes. the, the tension? Yes. Can, you, rela- can you do all yes. that? Yes, because, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, because that, that, like, again, that shifts what we mean is in terms of high value. If you have this six-figure job and all you can do is give me some pumps and make me go, ooh. Baby, don't come here with no tired dick. That's not high Don't come here. Exactly. <laughs> and, girl, I, you know, I'm 100% with you. And this is another reason I, I'm with you. It's like, I know he's out there. That story's not mine. I'm not trying to get what he's offering. So it's yeah. okay. So I, I don't down him in any in any way whatsoever because he's he's got his well, niche, right? And I, and I but won't the, down him, but I will. No, you're not. You're not. I know you're not. Right? You're, I think it, you, it deserves to be called as a question, particularly if you then build your platform in the ways that, quite honestly, if we're honest, a lot of patriarchal informed cis het black men do you build mm-hmm. your platform on making black femmes feel less than they like adding on to yes. the harm that's done to black women it's like this isn't help how is this helpful you're basically saying yeah the the feeling that you feel of not being enough the feeling that you feel that you've already been taught that you are not good enough let me just go ahead yes. and add on to that I'm sorry. Yeah, That's yeah. And he does, and he does, he, and I'm, like I said, I, and I haven't listened to enough of his stuff to say that that is his whole message, right? Mm-hmm. I've only listened to bits and pieces about, you know, a couple of women that have called in. He's like, he said, I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you some some facts. You're 40 something years old. You don't make any kind of money. And this was like one woman that he, what I thought was like a girl, a complete tear down mm-hmm. but if you call this man and you put yourself in the, on yeah. on live with him and you know who he is but if that's the truth you want to hear yeah, that's, that's what you take off right? so yeah that's it so and it, but, and it goes back i wouldn't like i wouldn't like say that these women are victims at all no and no, 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 no. It's you called you called him right and it's important to acknowledge that uh he is riding the coattails of a long wave that we have now of self-appointed uh, experts that have pumped themselves up on the 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 market, the social media, yeah, on social on social media. Yeah, social media. I but, will but say the market of black because I think that ties right. He's a direct descendant of Steve Harvey, right? Of well, he is uh, sure he. <laughs> I, I don't. I I don't know. I'm 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 honest. I don't know enough. I haven't listened to enough of his stuff to tell you he's all of the thing. The one thing I mentioned, the one thing that I do know, uh-huh. I cannot tell you that is his whole Fair. thing. And that's, that's his, fair. Yes. 
You know what I mean? I'm not saying that all he does is down women, down women, because his, what I understand he does is he's an image consultant and personal consultant for men Mm -hmm. about how they can be high value men. Mm -hmm. And so it's so, but in doing that for the men, women have called in and said, well, how do I get these high value men that you are training? And that's how the table turned that way. That, that is my understanding of how it ended up talking to the women yeah. about these high value men, but the yeah. his consultancy is for young men and how the young men can become high value. And women mm-hmm. jumped on the board and was like, well, I, I want that man. What do I got to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what do you bring to the table? Right. So, but I, I don't I know. I acknowledge when- that too. I, I, I acknowledge that much of what I understand about him, again, is through conversations with people who are fans of his and most notably cis black men who are fans yeah. of his. And, and yeah. the conversations with them, it, it seems to be that the conversation is less about how men can be of benefit to the community more so than men can gird themselves in a way to be able to get to them the type of women that they want. And so to me, that is where my antenna goes up to say, okay, what is this really about? Is this really So about- wait, wait, wait. So for the men to get the type of women that they want? Right. So it's kind of is, like- But is that any different than the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that any different than us, you know, listening to, oh God, name anybody, <laughs> name any woman who's doing a book on how to get the man and how to get a rich man and, you so know, yeah. wait three days before you sleep on- <laughs> What'd you say? That, I don't know that it is difference i and i actually yeah it's the same right yeah yeah no i don't know that it's any different so so i think you're right i think it's not necessarily again to knock him i think for me as someone who who tends to think communally and think about okay what is the what is the community need as it relates to relationships and recognizing that um uh some of the ways that folks have been have been socialized to see black relationships are not mm-hmm. beneficial to us given our specific history and given the the sources that we get that information from namely white supremacy and patriarchy yeah so that's it's, my thought on it so working with teenagers and, and young black american girls and and boys mm-hmm. as they are really just coming into their own sexual proudness and some of them coming from families that, you know, have been very open about sex and then some of them not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you've had a mix in your, in your, in your um, classes with them. Is there something, is there a common thread that you have found with our youth that they seem to go, I didn't know about that. Mm, that's a great question. My experience with young black teens is less of, I didn't know. Well, actually, let me scratch that. I do think it's there's a certain irony that occurs to where if we are talking about something like contraceptives or we're talking about STIs, those sorts of things, there's a mm. common sense of like, yeah, we know about this. And that's largely because of the ways that 
um, all young people, but especially those in urban um, and poor, poor school districts, the ways that sex ed is brought to them. It's usually brought to them from this preventive lens of like, we need to tell you the things that will kill you. And so you know all of those things. So we talk about pregnancies, how they will ruin your life. We talk about contraceptives and how to prevent from pregnancy. We talk about STIs and how they'll ruin your life. And then we talk about all the ways to protect yourself from STIs, right? We yeah. don't talk about love, relationships, we don't talk about uh, how pregnancy occurs. We don't talk about the body and not just hygiene, but uh, things like lubrication, your, your, the way your body sexual response. We talk about anatomy, but we don't really get into the pleasure-based anatomy. We don't talk about the clitoris. And so that those are the things where when I'm in front of a classroom and we start talking about those things where they're like, oh, Wow, I didn't know that. Like one of the stories mm-hmm. I tell when I when I'm in front of um, K twelve educators and I talk about the ways that anti blackness informs sex ed for Black folks, I tell the story of a young girl who was a ninth grader. This was back when mm-hmm. I was a, a health resource center coordinator, which is really just a fancy term for the condom lady. But <laughs> a, pregnant, a pregnant ninth grader came to see me. She was pregnant, and she her question was, "How is it?" that the baby is able to not get any food on it. What? Yeah, that was her question. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. How is the baby doesn't get no food on it? How because... is it that the baby grows and it never gets food on it? Because she thought the baby was in her stomach? In no way. And at no point has she ever been taught that there was a difference between the reproductive system and the digestive oh. system. Right. So those my heart hurts for her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So those are the those are the things where I get a lot of students who will be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Like I was teaching about uh, the zone and, and, and I think it can make it can it can make for some wonderful actual lessons to be able to introduce mm-hmm. this information, but it has to be done and it has to be done outside of the traditional school based frame that's just about oh sex ed means prevention things. Right. Plus, maybe exactly. now we get to we'll talk about consent. Maybe now we'll talk about consent, but we'll do it through the frame of this is what you need to do to avoid going to jail. Right. Like, how can we like being able to teach from a place of curiosity and discovery and thinking about sexuality as the universe and not yes the specific. Uh, transactional things, right? That, yeah. So, uh, like, I was the whole pleasure about, point is skipped totally. Yes, and like, absolutely. And, and the and it and and it's it's the most um, the, that's the most the most amazing part for it. But even the fact that humans and I think two three other animal three other animals mammals on the earth actually are, are the only ones that have sex for mm-hmm. pleasure. Yep. Or have sex in addition for to procreation yep. for pleasure, right? It's us and dolphins. And, and bonobo, and, yeah, the, bonobos, the 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 bonobos, bonobos the, the, the lovely bonobos. Yes, and I think I think pigs too. But uh, if I remember that right, and we could actually love who we want, fuck who we want, yeah. and and not who we don't want. The same as we can make the choice to live over here or live over there. Yeah, and nobody tells people. Yeah. And my level of sex education is from 
experience, you know, and mm-hmm. my focus is not on the same level of education yours is. Mine is on products and my background is in holistic aromatherapy. And mm-hmm. this is how I ended up talking about selling sexual products. And I worked up until the last couple of years, primarily in the swinger community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And teach, so I'm teaching a, adults about don't use that lube. It's going to dry your vagina out. Don't mm-hmm. lose that condom. It's going to give or make her itch. So that's where my education yeah. portion is. But but you, if I, I could jump a, in, you know ahead. what's fascinating Please. about that is that that yeah. too is a subject that does not get discussed at the K-12 level, but it's still no, a phenomenon that young people face. Right. Yes. When I have a young person, like I've had students come in my office. I had a student come in my office who was dealing with uh, with um, pelvic floor pain. And she was dealing mm. with like when she was telling me her story, I was like, OK, it's like vaginismus. But mm. she's she's 17. The assumption is that, oh, you don't have those sorts of problems at 17. Right. And then, two, right. if you do, it's not something you need to be worried about because you don't need to be having sex. And so here I am supposed to be this this expert who's able to help students and give them counseling. And I can't even help her because I'm not I'm not being equipped to be able to give her that referral, to be able to help her wow. work through that issue. The most <clears throat> I could do was say, OK, this is what you may have. Uh, you might want to talk to your doctor about that. But then again, wow. what pediatricians are trained, right? Or what, to look, they, nothing. <laughs> right? When a, when a girl, like, I mean, we're, we have girls who, you know, in the early stages of, of uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, like, mm. like real time issues. But they're because they're young, the assumption is that, oh, well, they don't need to know that. And, and, and not, and it's not factoring the fact that black girls in particular have much higher rates of all of these things than other groups. So it's like, yes, this needs to be a conversation that happens earlier. I think it needs to happen across the board. And the, yes. Especially for uh, black and brown young folks, because these are things that they're facing in real time. And so, so it's really- I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off. One uh, of the things you had said earlier about- um, you know, the, the sexual studies that have not been done on us and people just assuming that we're highly sexual. You know, my, when my daughter was, uh, you know, becoming a teenager, mm-hmm. her pediatrician who was white, because I was in a town that, that there was there was only white one. Although her, when they were little, when we lived in Boston, my pediatrician was black, but then we moved to North Carolina mm-hmm. thinking there'd be more black people. But she was insistent on my daughter getting the HP, that HPV vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because the sexual part, I said, she's not having sex. Mm-hmm. And when she starts to have sex, she'll wear a condom because I'm going, I mean, she'll use condoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but I said, mm-hmm. you, I said, I know that the HP vaccine only is good for about 10 variations of the, of the HPV right. and they're over 25. So then what? Right. She mm-hmm. was like, yeah. And every year we'd go in, she goes, she's going to get the vaccine this year. I'm like, if you don't, if you ask me that one more goddamn time, no. Right. Right. And I told my daughter, when you get 21 or whatever, if you want to get the vaccine, that's on you. But as long as I'm controlling that body, you are not, yeah. you're not getting it. Yeah. And you're not, and you're not, and you will use condoms with every freaking body. Right. And that will cut down your, your chances of getting it. And so we didn't, but they were just, you know, insisted yeah. on, on that. And something else you said, I wanted to say, ask you a question. Oh my God. Cause I had to go back to the HP vaccine. Go ahead. <laughs> I know, I, and I can talk a lot, a lot. Too. No, me too. No, no, this is good. This is amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's so what you said. I think that to me is one of the fundamental 
challenges when, when we're talking, when I, you know, when I say I work to pursue racial justice and sex ed spaces, mm-hmm. it's acknowledging the ways that um, young black folks are stripped of their power in sex ed classrooms, right? Because so much of it is in this kind of deposit model where it's like, the assumption is you don't have any knowledge, you don't have any information, you don't have any wisdom in and of yourself. So it's our job to come in and pour that into you. And so yeah. we are going to make it where we're going to teach you what you need to know. We're going to teach you how you need to know it. And to me, that is the fundamental issue of anti-Blackness, this assumption that Black people do not have the capacity to think for yes. themselves and decide oh my for God. themselves what their experience is and what it means. Because we're raised in the woods, you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, and that is savages because, because we're uncivilized, yeah. all of these lies. Where meanwhile, we've had a rich, we have we have intelligence, we have rich cultural history, we have rich, yes. lexi- rich community. All that, all, all that, all that, even if it's been kind of stomped out of us or, or, or if it's been kind of muted by virtue of our experiences of racialization, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. a matter of holding space for us to get back to it because we are resilient and we, and we do have legacies of health and being able to take care of ourselves, being able to love and fuck and do the things that you, and experience pleasure and joy without having to go through these colonized processes without going through these colonized process of you got to be a Jezebel and you need to stop this this. yeah and you need to sit down and keep your legs closed and don't be with that man and I don't need a man I'm like you know nobody needs anybody but if you want (laughs) to fuck him why can't you just fuck him and have a good time and call it a day that's my question right I think it's a both (laughs) and right because at the end of the day it comes to intention and it comes to agency Mm -hmm. and the thing is whether you want your legs open or you want them closed you have the capacity to decide for yourself you have the and that's something that we as to me as a, as a community that we need to and doing and really really stress that it is the it is our job it is our duty it is one it's our job as adults to heal all yeah. the ways that we've allowed that power to be taken away from us because you know you know this that there's a whole lot of grown yeah. women and who are stifling themselves because they they're so still so worried about oh what big mama going to say or what so and so at church going to say what so and so who, who ain't even in the bedroom who ain't even there? with you who who's not even there i had a woman in her 40s recently tell me you know i just wish i could be as free as you i'm like you what you grow well, why not well, and, 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 you, you grow and, and well you know i was raised i'm yes. like but you already grew now right but that's that's the work right that's the work of being reminded like yeah you're grown baby you're not that you're not the 16 or 17 or 18 year old anymore you're on your Those own you don't live with your mama you're on your own right but you don't also, live with your mama but then also, I think it's important for us as parents and village parents to really yes. begin to shift the ways that we have thought about our children uh, and their power. Because I th- so historically, we know that it made sense for us to kind of have a vice grip on our children because the choices they made could, in fact, lead to their death, you know, and thinking and lead to their lack of access to opportunities when we think about race think about police brutality right think about discipline sure. in schools, right we get that yeah back 
follow that it really would mess a young person up if they exactly pregnancy too soon or they were engaging in practices or deemed unhealthy sure however we also have to recognize that much of shifted to where young people it is not only their right to be able to responsibility to encourage their to encourage their agency and making decisions some of which may not match for us and I think this is important when we think about like sexual and gender diversity right like Mm -hmm, we still mm -hmm. have this hold of like Oh no, my baby's gonna be, and my baby's gonna do it, and it's like it's like oh god, especially (laughs) let your baby go, right? Especially (laughs) with this new generation, it's like these babies they know some stuff. Like I feel like they came, yes, sisters brought them back here to get us together. So you need to get get left. Because I, listen, I my my child, my daughter, I I'm I'm like. Oh God! If we can just find an intelligent man that can keep up with her intelligence Look. and her and her <laughs> sexual freedom, because she's raised by me, both my daughter and right. my son. Well, my, me and her father, I should say. Yeah. And and you know, we we raise our kids together. But it's like, I'm like, listen. Yeah. Yeah. She. I, this is. I have to tell you this quick story. We. She heard her dad. My. You know, her. My husband. Her dad and I having sex when she was like 16 Mm -hmm. and she's like I you know she comes home and she's got this attitude because she's a teenager right and do do, if you anyone who out there who has teenagers or about to have teenagers I'm going to tell you now teenagers make you realize why some animals eat their young but (laughs) she (laughs) I'm telling you she was like I heard you and dad this morning and you know and I shouldn't have to hear that I'm like that was the first time It was the first time I guess she felt the need to to say something because it was it was early in the morning when she was getting getting ready for school and I shouldn't have to hear that. I'm like, first of all, little girl, (laughs) this is our house. Right. Second of all, little girl, you are going to be moving out in two years because you were going to college or wherever the hell you're going to go. But you leave at 18. You've known that since you've been four years old. You were getting (laughs) out of here. Third of all. If you think I'm gonna schedule my sex life around right. your schedule, <laughs> you got another thing coming. And fourth of all, you should be happy that your parents are telling them okay. some of your friends' parents ain't even talking to each other. And that's so, why they mad. That's why they bitter. Right. <laughs> that's why they mad and they bitter. They ain't even doing shit. So you just go, don't you got dance class? I'll see you when you get back by. So after a few <laughs> So a couple of days later when she was calm, you know, I said to her, listen. It's it's okay to when you when you get around to having sex, it it it's okay to make a little noise. It encourages the men to do better. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> and and she was like, Oh my God, my mother, you know, but I'm always saying something to her that she's learned to not be embarrassed about. But I'm like, I'm yeah. gonna tell you the truth. Yeah. This is the freaking this is the truth. And and one of her friends had like lost her virginity to some boy who got the got the pussy and then ran. She was all upset because the girl was upset. I said, let me tell you something right now before you start having sex. Sometimes sex is just sex. It's just and sex. it's totally okay. You will have a moment where you are horny and this gorgeous, handsome man is going to be flirting with you and he's going to open his mouth. He's going to be dumb as a fucking load of bricks and you're going to fuck him anyway <laughs> and send say, him on his way. Just keep your mouth closed, Yeah, just, just thank you. That was nice. No, no, no need to stay <laughs> Don't kill in my touch. vibe. Don't kill my vibe. Don't, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be, and so she has, you know, she's in her mid-20s now and, is, you know, figured that all out on her own. But she's like, oh my God, dumb as 
dumb as shit. But I, you know, I got mine and I went on about my business. Yeah, so. yeah. But that's what I mean, right? Like really helping young people because I think there's so everything there's, that you talked about there. I feel like there's so many challenges that really don't have to be challenges if we are willing nope. to shift the way we teach our young people to see these things, right? So thinking about what you said by virginity, which I call coital debut. I don't use the term virginity anymore. Just because, mm, coital debut. Yes. Oh, wait. No wait. I have to write that down. <laughs> coital because you know again what is coitus to you know someone who is only having sex with with people who have the same genitalia as them right that right right so um you know but i think about that right and think about how we have so strongly inundated this idea that like your coital debut is the beginning of everything and it's the most important thing and if it you know and if it happens well here's the other piece right so then what happens if your your coital debut was forced mm-hmm. right what happens if your coital debut was 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 trauma there's trauma connected to that right mm-hmm. so we have to be willing to to hold space to say that yet yeah, I, whatever your coital debut is, let it be something that you can enjoy, right? And if it isn't, also understand that okay too, because it is not the end of the world, and it too can be something that can be rectified through through healing. Like it can be healed, right? But far too often we give these ideas, and then we don't recognize the ways that it it sets people up for disappointment. It sets people yes. up for, yes. for harm in their future, right? I think abortion is another one. Well, um, unwed pregnancy and, and even out of wedlock pregnancy, right? Like we, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I, I feel like you probably can relate to this, but I know I remember growing up being taught that getting pregnant is can absolutely ever happen to you it is just you have a baby your mm. life is going to be over you're going to be a statistic you're gonna my die. mom my, i mean I, so i was born in i'm 60 right okay. my mom didn't present it that way to me okay. for some, and she came from the south and 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 she it wasn't presented to that way she presented it way to me that you know the, when you turn 18 there's a whole world out there you should go see it and if you have a baby early, you'll get around to go and see it, but it's going to kind of slow down some things. It's not the end of the world. Right. So you should be wise in your choices. You shouldn't, ju- you, you know, you, you need to think for your, yourself. If you think you want to have sex, you should, you know, because by the time, so by the time I was having, getting ready to have sex, you know, there was birth control and, right. and, and condoms. So she was like, so she never made it seem like the end of the world. Yeah. So when my daughter, who's 24, I'm going to be 25, born in 1990-something, mm-hmm. I, I said the same thing to both my son and my daughter. But you can have your babies early, mm-hmm. you know, because some people do. It's not the end of the world, but it will change the trajectory of your life. Yeah. So if your goal is A, B, and C, now it's a one, a two, a three, a four, right, a five, right, 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 B, right. a you know. Right. So it's going to change the trajectory. So what your plans are. So it, it, there's there's nothing wrong with it. Right. But if you cannot even take care of yourself, why would you want to bring another child anymore? Right. See now, so that's there's beautiful. ways not to get there's ways not to get pregnant. Yes, and so it's not about not having right? sex. Right? So way that yeah. taught is ideally how it should be taught, right? The understanding right. that like 
yes, your life will be changed. It does not mean that it's over. My right. experience, and again, this may be, you know, this may be uh, generational, right? Like my experience mm-hmm. was, and I think this is absolutely informed by respectability politics as well, is that yeah. you you do not want to become a statistic. To have a baby yeah. before you are ready to take care of it, being ready, that means being in a monogamous married relationship with exactly. a man who makes enough money that you can stay at home and have that baby be taken care of. Um, right. If you can't do that, then you need to not be having babies because otherwise yeah. it's going to be the worst thing to happen to you. And you're not. Yeah, only that's what the white people said in school. Yes. Right. And that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I and I want to stress that that was what I got from white people, because at home we didn't talk about sex at all, because that was not what you did. That's not what proper black people did. We don't talk mm-hmm. about sex. We don't mm-hmm. they listen to sex in our music, but we don't talk mm-hmm. about it. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. So, you know, growing up with that message, it really, you know, struck me to to where, like, I look back on it now and I see, you know, I I did all the things right, right? I got my education. I got my, I waited till I was financially able to take care of a kid, which wasn't until I was like 39. So now we're having conversations about ovarian reserves and geriatric pregnancies Mm -hmm. and all of Mm -hmm. that, right? And so- those are the things that I feel like we don't think about when we're just giving messages to young our young people about how they're supposed to be in the world. Not thinking about th- this yeah. isn't just about stopping them from mm. having sex right now. It's like you're literally planting seeds for how they're supposed to view this. And if we're not giving them the critical thinking skills, then that's going to have a long term effect more than just, you know, this one time with this one partner that honestly may not be as detrimental as you're making it out to be. But you've hyped it up so much that now they're like, yes, I need to go try it out. And- you know, it's <laughs> you know? like, oh, my God, you're going to find something so much better later on. Right. Trust me. It was OK. Right? It was it was OK. I, you know, I this has been the most thrilling conversation I've had uh- in such a long time. <laughs> and I'm so excited. You and I could talk forever. And, wait, where are you located? What city are you in? Um, I'm actually in New Jersey. I'm in Willingboro, which is about, I think, 30 minutes from the Philadelphia border. Oh, you need to come here. Where are you? I don't even know where you are. <laughs> I'm down in I'm down in Hollywood, Florida. You oh, need to come down here. So we we need to sit and have this deep conversation Absolutely. over drinks at the new at the nude beach. Absolutely, I would love to <laughs> at the nude beach, girl. Yes, that's part of my healing you, journey, which is a whole other conversation. Uh, we yeah we didn't we had to have a conversation about healing sex because me as as a self proclaimed sex goddess I believe that sex is healing yes. on both the giving and the receiving side and Agreed. so many people are missing out on Absolutely. such great healing let alone the the whole Absolutely. sex part but Absolutely. the healing part with That's the right it. healer like you understand that the orgasm is just literally the tip of the iceberg that you can experience you yes. never move in the same way that you always do like. Yeah. Really, really, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna get some healing real soon too. So I, <laughs> I got a healer coming. I have a healer. I got a date with a healer. As yes. soon as he gets his second COVID shot, we're gonna up. get I'm together and. My healing. Look, I'm working on cultivating my healers. If y'all Girl. Are healing and you think you can heal me. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say Dr. Tracy, and I'm going to tell you how to get in touch with Dr. Tracy Gilbert so that yes. in case you feel as though you have some healing, and we don't mean just sexual. We right. mean sexual. Right. We mean spiritual. Like, like we mean, you know. Says, Fuck around and change your life. That change your life. <laughs> Girl, we. Healing. 
We want it. We want it all. Tracy, thank you so much. Let me yes, tell you all absolutely. how to stay up to date with Dr. Tracy Gilbert. Her website is timbanaya.com. I said it. And you can yes. find her on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also at Tim B. Anaya. And Taylor, uh, yes, my Taylor, love. Do you mind if I real quick, um, if I could talk about my podcast real quick? Well, please tell them, tell, tell them about your podcast. I, you didn't, yes. you didn't send me your podcast. Yes, I apologize. But, but I'm a bitch, you see? No, please <laughs> say it, say it. Yeah, so real quick, I, I started a podcast this year called TSOB, which is an acronym that stands for the sex ed of black folk. And so if you enjoyed this conversation, um, I am having regular conversations. The next season starts in May where I'm sitting down with black sexuality educators from all walks of life. So at some point, um, Taylor's going to have to be on my podcast. I would love to. Um, we, can talk about, we can talk about pussy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But I'm basically having black sexuality educators talk about what sexuality and healing, healing and wellness looks like in our community. So if y'all are up for that, please, please follow. Yes. Me oh, congrats. That's where I am. So congrats. Thank yes. You. And we will we will uh, put a link to that on our podcast for her podcast. So you guys can find out to listen to that. And of course, you can stay up to date with Sisters of Sexuality at our website, sistersofsexuality.com. Email me with any questions or questions for any of our uh, guests at sistersofsexuality at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Just Google Sisters of Sexuality. And if you like what you heard today, please like, share, subscribe, and support. And thank you all for listening and stay sexy. Bye-bye. Organic lovin' for the bodies you love to love. How do people describe you? Are you curious, playful, maybe sensual, adventurous? How about open-minded? The truth is, no matter who you are, Organic Lovin' has something to indulge your fantasies. We offer only organic, natural, and eco-friendly intimate body products, including vegan condoms, organic lubricants, body-safe sex toys, and sex-positive books. You won't find anything harmful in our products or toys. We also have a full range of other experiences, including erotic seminars and exotic adult-only vacations. Receive our adult subscription box for a monthly sexual delight. Be educated, entertained, and informed. Organic Lovin'. For her, for him, for you. For the bodies you love to love. Visit OrganicLovin.com. We offer shipping worldwide, so stop by the site anytime. Organic Lovin'. That's L-O-V-E-N dot com. <laughs>